This edition of the Cheercast is proud to promote EasyFlex Cheer Mats. Are you looking to purchase new mats this offseason? Then EasyFlex is your source for great cheerleading mats at the best price around. EasyFlex cheerleading mats are built to last, using only quality materials and construction, and come with a three-year limited warranty. Check them out at the letters EZFlexMats.com. Oregon Cheerleading Coaches Association presents the Cheercast with Coach James Underwood, taking you inside everything cheer, powered by DN Cheer, and broadcasting from inside the media room at Thurston High School. Here is your host, James Underwood. And just like that, we are back. Who is ready for part two of the post-date edition of the Cheercast? I feel like part one got a pretty good reception, wouldn't you say? You know, probably more than anything... I feel like people are just ready to bring a conclusion to State 2019, and really probably the whole 2018-19 season as a whole. Most teams are already thinking about tryouts. Certainly teams are talking about conference next month. And with the OSAA playoffs this past weekend for basketball, the last couple of active cheer teams really are wrapping it up. And I'm assuming I'm going to see a lot of awards night pictures on Instagram within the next week or so. Um, especially with spring break coming up, I guess. I feel like this is like a great time for teams to be just wrapping it up and then moving on uh, to next season. You know, it's funny, though. Before I get too deep into the cheer cast, there's something I've been thinking about a lot, and it, and it really does pertain to State 2019, and that is the concept of time and stress. You know, the, the, the principle of time and stress says this, that over time or given stress people will almost always show their true colors. You know, the idea is that anybody can look awesome on a first date, you know. A lot of people can look really great for a month or maybe more, but over the course of time or put them in a stressful situation, right, and you're going to start to see their true selves. I remember when I was at Oregon State, must have been 99-2000, I was sophomore, junior, and I remember I, I started dating this girl who I really liked, and I wanted to be really honest and upfront with her. And I was on the cheer team at Oregon State, and I and I, I told her, I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I really love sports. And, and not just like I love cheering for sports, right, being on the stunt team at Oregon State, but I just love sports. I love going to sports. I love watching sports. I love reading about sports. You know, and she said, oh, I, I love sports too. And that's really easy to say during football season, right? This is like in September, and if you think about college football, you got 11 games. That's 11 Saturdays of, you know, tailgating, 11 Saturdays of going to the game and having fun, 11 Saturdays of like, you know, post-game parties, right? And so everything seemed fine. Now, fast forward past football season, what comes next? Basketball season. And we're not talking college basketball because I love the NBA. And there are 82 games in an NBA season. And at first, everything seemed really rosy and great. And I remember my girlfriend about a month and a half into the NBA season uh, came over to my fraternity one night. She'd been at the library studying, and it must have been like a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And I remember she came up to, upstairs up to my room and said, hey, do you want to go see the movie The Green Mile? That kind of dates me, I guess, but do you want to go see the movie The Green Mile? Because it was in the movie theaters, right? And I said, honey, I would love to go see that tomorrow. And she looked at me and she said, well, why not tonight? I said, well, honey, the, the Blazers, they're, they're playing the Lakers tonight. Kobe, 
I will always remember her reaction. With two hands, she threw down her textbooks and she yelled at me, are you freaking kidding me? Why are you so obsessed with sports? I freaking hate sports. Right. Now, my reaction was, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was really honest and upfront. I told you when we first started dating that I really liked sports, right? To which she then just replied, I just pretended to like sports because I liked you. Now, that time and stress, I can look back now and say that's not a personality flaw on her part. Um, certainly, she didn't know. We were what, all about 20 years old. She didn't know that, you know, unlike football where there's one game a week, basketball has a game on a Tuesday, a Wednesday, and a Friday, right? Uh, it never really ends, right? Um, by the way, good thing uh, we didn't date all the way till baseball season. Uh, but I can look back and say that wasn't a personality flaw, but it did bring out her true colors. It did bring out her true personality. It's it's the same idea and reason why I don't usually freak out when one of my athletes is maybe dating a loser, for lack of better words, right? You know, sometimes as adults, we want to step in and we want to say, you should think about this, right? And unless the relationship is totally unhealthy, generally what happens is even for high schoolers, give it some time. Usually that is the number one thing for high schoolers. Give it a little bit of time and they will figure it out. But oftentimes put them in a stressful situation and even a 15, 16-year-old can see that this is maybe not a good relationship. Now, I say all this not because I'm trying to inform the world of my previous relationships, but this rule of time and stress, it applies to virtually everything in life. How many people have had a coworker who seemed amazing the first week of work, and now you're looking back now and you're like, what the heck ever happened to that person, right? Hopefully you're not listening to this at work, but if you want to silently raise your hand, you totally can. I mean, who hasn't had an athlete who during tryouts thought you thought they were going to be awesome? Maybe they weren't going to be the best cheerleader, but they were going to be a great person and a great asset to the team. And now it's mid-October. It's been raining for three weeks. You're on a Friday night and everyone's drenched in a bad mood. And now you see their real personality. You see what type of teammate they really are. You know, Even worse... Who hasn't been bitten, you know, in the rear by trusting a parent? You have a parent that comes into the program and you're thinking, this parent's awesome. Maybe you give them way more than you ever should have in terms of responsibilities. Maybe as a young coach, you confided in that parent too much. And time and stress, their kid doesn't get what they want. Therefore, the parent doesn't get what they want. And now you're seeing those parents' true color. I also like to apply the idea of this concept of time and stress when I'm looking at teams and coaches. You know, lots of teams can look really good at Allstate when you're featuring your very best kiddos. You know, some teams look really good that first competition after winter break, especially if you're a coach that has your team practicing throughout the whole break. You know, some coaches go the whole winter break and they give it to their athletes off. Some coaches maybe do a couple optional practices. And then some coaches have their kids practice eight times over winter break. And by the January 5th winter classic, your team looks pretty good. But none of that matters if you're not where you need to be by the second week of February. I want to know as a program and as a coach, what is your team going to do when it really matters? What is your team going to look like when you don't get to put all of your best athletes into one stunt group? And now you got to divide it up. I want to see what your team can do now. Today, we're going to be talking about three divisions that I feel like accentuate that point of time and stress perfectly.
Take the 6A division, for example. How many of you wrote off Westview after Newburgh beat them by nearly 20 points early in the season? Hey, I won't silently raise my hand. I'm raising my hand right now. I, I looked at Westview and thought they had a championship caliber routine, but I looked at them a lot like I did David Douglas in years past, where that division was just so stacked, I didn't give them as much credit as I deserved. But what did Coach Melissa do? She drowned out the noise. She stayed the course. I've literally heard her say in the warm-up room to her athletes, the only thing we can control is ourselves. That's the only thing that matters today is what we do. Give Coach Melissa time. Put her in a stressful situation. She is always going to rise to the occasion. What, two, three weeks later, they're state champs. What about that small co-ed division? David Douglas suffers a critical injury right before taking the mat at the Oregon Elite competition. They go out and lose that competition. You know, some people were saying, oh, poor David Douglas, and they looked so good this year. I don't know if they're going to be able to fix their routine after that injury. It's so close to state. What happens next? A little stress brings out how amazing that group was, how amazing Coach Amber is um, just as a coach and as a mentor to those athletes. She puts them in a perfect position under that stress. They go out and not only win state, they're the 2019 grand champions with the highest overall score for any division. Finally, how about those Colts in the large co-ed division? Now, nobody, (laughs) nobody... Outside of the program, I would say, gave them a chance to win state. You know, I mean, and 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 that was that's okay, right? Because fair enough, they didn't beat a single main competitor all season. They didn't beat Twalton. They didn't beat Lake Ridge. They didn't beat uh, McMinnville. Fortunately for me, unlike the six A division, which I totally botched. I have the luxury of seeing Thurston every day, and in this case, I remember saying on the pre-state edition of the Cheercast, I said. Don't bet against Coach Robin. There's a reason why she's the reigning coach of the year. What happens? Just like Novocaine, right? Isn't that the the quote from Remember the Titans? Just like Novocaine. Give it time and it always works. By state, Coach Robin has the Colts peaking just perfectly, just at the right time to be able to win state. Time and stress. Time and stress. You put all three of those coaches in those programs uh, in a stressful situation, you give all of those programs enough time, and they're almost always going to come out on top. By the way, I am Coach James Underwood, and wherever you may be, thank you for making the Cheercast part two of our post-date recap part of your day. Now, I don't feel too bad because I did want to wait until we got out um, finalists for coach and assistant coach of the year because I do want to talk about that a little bit later. And if you think about it, dance and drill, they still have their championships this week. So at least we are still technically in the winter sports season. Either way, I have a great show for you today. Um, I kind of already spoiled a little bit of my breakdown, but I actually think this is going to work out good because obviously I talked about the champions and I'll still talk about them a little bit. But I also want to focus on some of the other teams in those three divisions that I thought did amazing jobs at State 2019, plus a whole bunch of other teams that I think have just done an amazing job over the 2018-2019 season. So um, let's do this. Um, Let's get to some news and notes, and then we can get into our post-state edition uh, breakdown part two. And then at the very end, I have that second part of the email that I need to follow up from the last cheercast. 
Portland to Medford, Ontario to Coos Bay, and everywhere in between. It's time for news and notes from around the state. Some quick news and notes for you because I covered a lot of it in part one of the post date recap. The first thing, and many of you have already responded, but Coach of the Year, Member of the Year, and Assistant Coach of the Year voting is officially open. It's going to be open between now and March 25th. You should have received an email. Make sure you get those ballots in. These three awards uh, our entire association uh, votes for. We also give out other awards that people are able to nominate for, but then usually our executive board votes on some of the other awards, for example, like our Admin of the Year Award, our Courage Award, our Rookie or Rising Stars Award. And that's always a fun one because that recognizes a coach within their first three years. Some people say, well, that's not technically a rookie. That's why I like to call it the Rising Star Award. But it's usually like a a younger coach, at least younger to coaching, newer maybe, that's a better word, uh, who's just doing amazing work. Uh, and someone we can see is going to be just a rock star going forward. We like to be able to recognize those individuals. Regarding, though, the Coach of the Year, Member of the Year, and Assistant Coach of the Year, if you're a member of the OCCA, you should have received an email with your electronic ballot. So make sure you get those in. There are so many good candidates this year. We want to make sure that the members of the association, though, are heard and that we are truly recognizing the individuals that people have voted for. Uh, that voting does close on the 25th, as I, men- uh, as I mentioned, uh, and then we do give out those awards at our annual coaches conference uh, next month. Let's see, what else do I have? Oh, yeah. Um, if you have a standout senior, uh, we would love for them to apply for the annual Shrine or Les Schwab Bowl. I can say from experience from coaching this event, it is so much fun. Uh, I'm actually trying to make a goal to go out to the Shrine game this year. I've coached the Les Schwab Bowl several years. So much fun. Um, The Shrine game features our best 1A through 4A football players and cheerleaders. And then the Les Schwab Bowl showcases our amazing 5 and 6A football players and cheerleaders. You know, now is the time to apply because a lot of your cheerleaders are still really excited. Um, if you wait too late after spring break sometimes, sometimes they're thinking, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't, and then they miss the deadline, right? Uh, it's a really fun event, and if you have a talented senior, you got to have them apply because this is something they will not regret if they're a part of. It is just so much fun, and it's neat to be able to be on the same team as people you've maybe competed against uh, for the last four years or sometimes longer if you've done youth programs. The one thing um, I would say is uh, as coaches, you do need to have your signature. You need to endorse uh, the athletes. So sometimes it's just easier if you print a bunch off and then you ask your seniors maybe out of practice or when you see them in the hallway, you know, if they're interested. Um, We really are looking for the most talented senior cheerleaders. But I always say if if a senior is interested, they should still apply uh, because it doesn't mean they'll get accepted, but it is totally worth applying. Um, I think I would say, though, is make sure you take a look at the dates because every year this happens, uh, and usually it's it's just an innocent 
over oversight or you know someone doesn't realize it but it's always really heartbreaking because usually somebody applies and then gets accepted and then they realize a month before that they can't do the Les Schwab or the Shrine Bowl because they um, have to report uh, to the Air Force that happened a couple years ago an athlete got accepted but then they had enlisted in the military and that was their report date or maybe they just have a vacation plan that weekend but it's really tough because once you get within a week or two of the event it's really hard to get somebody who certainly has not been training in the ways of cheer because they thought they were totally done uh, to step in as you know like a sub so um, that's why sometimes we end up uh, p- picking up juniors but our preference is we always want seniors so um, if you do have athletes that are interested just make sure they see the date and they know exactly what they're signing up for uh, because it is such a fun event but if they do sign up we want to make sure they're not taking somebody else's spot um, if they uh, for some reason realize that they can't do it later on I think I had one more thing that I'm looking at Oh, yeah. Speaking of graduating seniors, do you have any kiddos who are graduating but still want to be involved in cheer next year? Uh, This happens a lot. And a lot of times they want to coach. um, And so they'll go back and maybe coach at the high school or coach, you know, uh, maybe a youth program. Our policy has always been that we don't want the kids that just graduated coaching with us. And it's because we love them and we want them to get other experiences. We want them to, you know, go coach for another program, maybe cheer in college, maybe do an all-star team if they're offering like a college level, you know, know, team. Um, But another good way to stay involved in cheer um, is to become a judge or a spotter. Those are amazing ways to still build on those uh, cheer experiences and get better. And then maybe they come back and coach later on. Um, But judging and spotting are two areas we always need as an association. We are always looking for people who are qualified and are willing to get trained. Um, And besides, if someone comes back and coaches for me, maybe they coach our youth program the next year, but I generally can't pay them. Um, If they sign up as a judge or a spotter and they get accepted uh, into that, we're, they're going to get paid on a Saturday, which is really nice. And now they're getting experiences. So um, if you have anybody that you're thinking um, that might be a good candidate, come talk to us uh, at conference. Uh, shoot us an email now, but also talk to them because once we get connected with them, we'll make sure we let them know when all the training dates are. It's a really fun way to stay involved in cheer, and it's a really good way for really anybody to expand their cheer knowledge and stay updated on those score sheets. And so for younger coaches, especially, who maybe really know how to like do a back tuck or they really know how to do the stunt, a lot of times they don't know the ins and outs of like the score sheets, right? And it's a great way for them to stay involved and build on that, hopefully, um, that just that, that knowledge of cheer. So... Those are really the big things for news and notes. Uh, All right, let's uh, do this. I'm going to break out the iPad. Um, I want to start with our amazing 6A division because there are some really awesome things that happened at State that I'm going to go back over the iPad and look at. Um, And then we're going to talk about the 6A division, small co-ed division, and then the large co-ed division. It's time to enter the film room. Okay, so first thing I have to ask is, did anyone else notice how close the top three spots were in the 6A division? Wow. And yes, of course you did, because we all like to look at those things, right? Talk about the definition of razor thin. Before we talk about Newburgh and Westview, we got to talk about Lake Oswego. How about those Lakers? Man, talk about the definition of time and stress. That is a program that just gets better and better with time. 
Remember last year? Remember how, like, at the 2018 state championships, remember how Lake Oswego was kind of the Cinderella, you know, the feel-good type story? I think a lot of people, you know, thought maybe it was a one-time thing. You know, they, they've certainly, they've gotten a lot of trophies in years past, but I think for a lot of programs um, looking at Lake Oswego thought, well, you know, they did really good, you know, and that's such a great story, but could they duplicate that, right? Could they, could they is that, you know, was that a one-time thing or could they keep doing that going forward? You know, and then they open up the season this year uh, just to remind everybody how good they are. They got the grand champions at the Newburgh competition, right? And they just want to remind people just how solid of a program they were. And then they come within 0.5 of not just second place at state, of winning the whole thing. I mean, can you imagine if Lake Oswego had won? I mean, talk about utter chaos that would have created. I mean, but an execution point here, a bobble there by Newburgh or Westview, and suddenly Lake O is your 2019 6A state champions. I mean, that was not out of the realm of possibility. And they did it by following the same recipe that CNM Christian and South Albany did, right? They basically said, we are going to force other teams to beat us because we're not going to beat ourselves. We're not going to make any mistakes. In fact, I'm looking at their, their video right now. You know, they... Very few, like just even bobbles, no deductions, uh, just a clean, solid routine. Like they're not going to throw the hardest stunts or the most uh, difficult tumbling passes. But everything I'm looking at that they're doing in this cheer section and in this dance section is just clean. Remember, I always say more teams lose it than win it because so many teams try to do too much to keep up with the Newbergs, to keep up with the David Douglases, right? Uh, the coaches that are truly going to be fighting for those trophies are the ones that are going to put their athletes in a position to be truly successful. Second last year, third in 2017, if I'm looking right, yep. And then they easily could have gotten first, but they got third again this year. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Lakers are officially one of the elite teams in that 6A division. The other team that I want to talk about before I get to the top two is I got to give a shout out to those Barlow Bruins. Uh, you know, that's a program that tends to fly under the radar. You know, year in, year out, they're always competing for a trophy, and they're always in one of the hardest divisions, you know, almost annually at state. They are in a tough division. You know, and I'm, I'm watching them right now on the iPad. I flipped over to their routine. No deductions. And their stunting and tumbling is on point. And especially compared to last year. I, I looked up their routine from last year, and it is markably improved. You can just tell that this is a, a, a Barlow team that really has taken that next step. Now, I don't know if it was maybe the camp they went to or maybe it was just a focus in the off season that they were really going to improve their stunting and, and and tumbling you know that one girl right now i'm looking at her right now just beautiful tumbling pass holy cow her tumbling is beautiful I mean, yeah really that is a good job you know, and they don't get the credit they deserve and i think it's because they're always in such a tough division but they are always competing for a trophy uh, and they are one of our teams that always goes and has a good showing at nationals. They do a good job. I know they're a little disappointed, uh, you know, uh, maybe with their finish this year. But overall, I thought they, um, from state to nationals, I thought they, they, they're just a solid team that sometimes they don't always get the credit. So I want to be able to give them a, a shout out. Um, good job, Barlow. Finally, I've got to talk about Newburgh and Westview when I talk about the 6A division. And... It should be noted that the last team to beat Newburgh at state was 
your 2012 Westview Wildcats. You know, that is why I don't want any more divisions at state. I mean, the, the amount of divisions we have now, not everyone can be a champion. But what you can have is a perfect amount of drama. And from the 1A through 3A to the 4A, I mean, really every division had just enough drama to truly make it intriguing. Um, you know, these coaches know. If you ask Coach Lisa or you ask Coach Melissa, they're going to tell you. You win some, you lose some. If you coach long enough, you just know that, right? Those of you coaches that have been coaching for a little while and maybe you haven't won the big one yet, it's coming. If you coach long enough, trust me, you do the right thing year in, year out, it's coming. But you also know if you're a good coach, you know that at some point the ball's not going to bounce your way, right? And you just, you know that. And it's always painful. It doesn't make it easier knowing that you're going to win some and lose some, but it's just the reality, you know? And that's that's what makes winning so special, right? Is because when you do win, you don't ever want to take it for granted because you just know you, you that, that it can end at any point. And I'll tell you, uh, I have seen those Newberg girls at practice. I've been to up to a couple of their practices over the years. Uh, those girls work hard. But I'll tell you what, sometimes losing is the single best thing for the long-term health of a program. It will do wonders for Newberg in the offseason. Um, it will make you so much more focused. Even a team, an elite team like Newberg, that is already focused, that is already driven, there's just something about not accomplishing everything you set out to do. That offseason, your athletes work so hard. As a coach, you are that much more dialed in in terms of getting better, learning the score sheets, making sure you're putting your athletes in the right position. And and really, when you have a historical streak like Newberg, you know what is that? 6 in a row, you know, it it's it's it reminds me of that that year what was it 2014 when remember when Springfield when that girl snapped her ankle on on the mat during the tumbling pass right and then they end up losing right I think it was to Wilson that year a really good Wilson team but then Springfield comes back in 2015 and just looked like a team possessed like just a team on a mission and you just knew from that first competition out of the gate that Springfield was back right and. Newberg, they don't even have to wait till the offseason for this. I mean, they might have a really good offseason. They had a great USA Nationals. I mean, that was a phenomenal showing down at USA Nationals. I was down there in Anaheim, and I got to see with my own eyes that that was a team that was focused. I saw them in the warm-up room and then on the mat. I mean, that was a team on fire. They they didn't want to wait till next year to show the world that they mean business. They waited seven days, and that was it. They got back on the mat, and they showed everyone how good they are. Um, I mean, that's why I love that picture. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes when I see that picture on Instagram of them celebrating after their finals performance. Because and, and and you can tell that everybody else in the cheer world knew how much that performance meant to them. Just the emotion in that picture. I think it's our most liked picture so far this year. I got to go back and look, but it was blowing up Instagram uh, when it was posted. And it's because you can truly just see that just the uh, the the love uh, for each other and just the excitement of finishing the season strong they did they didn't want to end the year with that sour taste in their mouth that they had from state nobody wants to go out like that um, but what they did at nationals certainly helped alleviate that uh, a little bit if, if if nothing else that sends them into the off season reminding them just how good they truly are such a fun division. Hats off to Westview um, and, and, and really Newburgh, Barlow, Liberty, uh, you know, just so many great teams in that 6A division. Uh, that was such a fun division to watch.
I'm going to get some caffeine real quick, so let me run down to the vending machine, and when I get back after a quick timeout, um, let's go ahead and discuss that small co-ed division. Hey coaches, have you registered for the annual OCCA Coaches Conference? We are just over a month away, and this year's theme is Explore Your Skills with the OCCA. This year's event returns to the amazing Salem Convention Center, so get registered now because this is surely an event you won't want to miss. Visit us online at OCCA.net, click the More tab, and select Special Events. You know, I could talk about the greatness of David Douglas all day long. I mean, there are some coaches like myself and Coach Robin who inherited already solid programs. You know, programs that already had good foundations. I mean, when Coach Robin and I took over Thurston, they had already won four state titles and were widely respected in the cheer world. Really, our stress was don't screw a good thing up, right? And then there's coaches like Coach Amber at David Douglas, who inherited a program that hadn't experienced a lot of success, certainly at like the state championship level, but was really thirsting to become an elite program. And holy cow, has she done that over the past decade. I mean, I remember when they was at 2008 when they got a second place finish and just how excited they were to like fast forward like a decade later and just the expectation of success. I mean, it's just what she's done like over the course of the, you know, a decade plus at David Douglas really is, it's truly historical and it's just, it's, it's been really fun to watch, you know, and, and I'm going to be honest, I don't normally like to play the injury, you know, sympathy game. I mean, because the reality is injuries are part of the game. Don't make excuses, make it happen because we all deal with injuries. We all deal with sickness. They suck, but that's what separates the good coaches from the great coaches, right? Because we're all going to have someone injured, ineligible, sick, whatever it might be. What type of changes can you do to put your team in a position to be successful? You know, I talked to Coach Amber. Uh, I was at the Oregon Elite Competition, and I talked to her after that brutal injury. And she was just very matter-of-fact. I mean, she she was just really to the point. She said, well, looks like we got to get back to work. You know, and sure enough, they get back to work and they come back. And not only, as I said earlier, not only do they do amazing at state, they take home, you know, the, the top score, which really is was a storybook ending, especially for those seniors at David Douglas, you know, who for the last two years had really tough losses to great Newburgh teams. I mean, a lot like Westview. And then this year, David Douglas was in that division with Newburgh the last couple of years. And, and you knew, like, this is just a case where both of you should be champions because you're both so good, but only one is going to make it out on top. Now, going forward, though, I'm really interested to see if David Douglas stays co-ed or if they make uh, the move back to the 6A division, you know. And, and then if they do that, what happens with Westview? And, and don't pretend like you're not thinking this too. Now, I tend to think about this type of stuff when I'm trying to rock my one-year-old to sleep at night. These are the types of things that go through my mind. But uh, that that's going to be really interesting going forward uh, to see with David Douglas and then also Westview what they end up doing. Before I get too far down that rabbit hole, I got to talk about the Dallas. You know, if Lake Oswego was the Cinderella of State 2018, then the Dals have to be the good, the feel-good story this year. Uh, you know, I remember in 2016, 2017, I think they placed second both years, if I remember right. They certainly placed really high both of those years. 
And they look like they were that team, kind of like what I talked about with Ridgeview, like they were ready to take that next step. And then last year in 2018, they had a disastrous performance at State. I remember they had like three or four deductions. It just, you could just tell just something like just something went wrong and it was a good routine. It just, sometimes you have days like that. I mean, that's ultimately why you play the game. I mean, I think a lot of people, I don't want to lament on it too much, but a lot of people thought last year they might give South Albany like a, a push, like really push them to their limit. You know, and they, if I remember right, they didn't even end up placing or at least getting, you know, a trophy. But I would say that's what really shows actually what makes Coach Kelsey such an amazing coach uh, because that was uncharacteristic. And while most coaches are going to have those days and most athletes are going to have those days, what do you do after that? And what they did this year, I think, shows their true character. That was the true character of the Dow. You know, in a really tough small co-ed division this year, they ended up not only finishing second in their division, but with the second highest overall score. I mean, and and this is a program that we've we've talked about this. They're historically great. I mean, they are one of the probably top two if certainly not three, right, historically great programs in our state, you know. And they've always done it the right way. Their kids are always super kind. They're super respectful. Uh, I mean, they're just, they're a team that you just, like Sweetum, right, that you just, you root for. And even when they don't win, you want them to to have a great performance because you just like them so much. And that's, that's what made their performance this year so awesome, right? Because you knew that after last year, like you knew that wasn't them. So for them to come back and coach Kelsey to do such an amazing job with this year's group, it was it was inspiring to see them on the mat and it was i mean it was just they they won the day in terms of of moments i thought for them to have that type of performance and I, I got to say, I think they still, I've mentioned this before, but I think they have the best signs out there, right? There's a lot of good signs this year, actually. 2019, I think we saw our best overall signs. Teams are getting really creative with their signs. Still got to give the nod to the Dows. But really, ultimately, what, what, what helped them do so well was their choreo section was phenomenal. They brought it on the map. And then that pyramid section, I think it's one of the most fun uh, pyramid sections. Uh, and I thought North Eugene had a great one, too, but I really liked the Dows pyramid section and their overall routine just you could tell that those were the two things that they really fed off of to have such a great routine you know finally in the small coa division instead of talking about henley and lebanon both of who did amazing jobs and it's well documented how much i love both of those programs and those coaches uh you know those athletes and those programs are phenomenal but i want to spend a little bit of time talking about mountainside how about those mavericks so inspiring you know, Coach Missy and Coach Taylor, they've done an amazing job in such a short period of time. Wow. I am so impressed. I, I remember when Coach Missy was with ODT, if I remember right. And I know she's had a couple other stops along the way, but I, I, I remember watching her interact with her athletes, and I could just tell that there was something really special about her. And you could just see just the way that, just the way she carried herself, the way she was with her athletes. You know, I couldn't put a finger on it specifically, but it's just, I could not think of a better duo to start a new program like Mountainside Up, you know? And they don't even have seniors yet. That's phenomenal for them to do so amazing and not even have seniors yet. I mean, it's it's fun watching, you know, Coach Missy and Coach Taylor literally create the culture and the traditions that are going to be with the school for the next 20, 30 years. 
And then they follow up their fifth place finish at state with a second place finish at USA Nationals. Both of those coaches, they deserve all the accolades they're getting from the Coach of the Year nomination and to the Assistant Coach of the Year nominations. I mean, hats off to Mountainside. This is going to be such a fun program uh, in the years uh, going forward to watch this. Literally the traditions and just the culture of this program to see what what happens going forward. I am so excited uh, for Mountainside. All right, one more segment to go uh, and then we're done. But let's do one more quick break. Hey seniors, do you want to cheer and represent your high school one last time? Applications for the annual Les Schwab and Shrine Bowls are now available on the OCCA website. Cheer with the very best graduating seniors from around the state. Make new friends and experience something that many people say was the very best way to finish their high school career. Just remember, Packets are due April 1st, so head over to the OCCA website now to download your application. Hey, I apologize if that last segment seemed a little glitchy. My microphone was literally flickering in and out as I was recording, but I was on such a roll I didn't want to stop. I mean, our school may be falling to the ground, but there is no stop in a compliment train once it gets rolling. I mean, literally, our gymnasium no longer exists, and occasionally our weight room has been known to flood. But if there's two things we do really well at Thurston High School, it's win state championships and it's give out compliments. But honestly, on a serious note, this might be Coach Robin of Thurston's greatest coaching job ever. I mean, this Thurston team that won state is really young. They do have some really talented seniors, but three of those, it was their first year on varsity. In fact, two of them, it was their first year ever doing cheer. So it was it was a really young group, and for her to take a team that hadn't um, won uh, a local competition, I think maybe they won one that didn't even have maybe a full slate of competitors, and then for them to peak at the right time, I mean, the, the reality was that this was such a good just job coaching, and I get to see this group firsthand, um, but it was such a good job coaching by Coach Robin. It's I mean, to win state, to get the choreography award, I mean, it really was her best work. I mean, she knows both the OSAA and those USA score sheets so well. It would not surprise me that in her post-coaching life, if she becomes a very coveted choreographer. I mean, who knows? I don't know if she has any interest in that. I haven't brought that up because my hope is that she's at Thurston and wins 10 titles in 11 years, right? But it would not surprise me, though, if Coach Robin um, decided to go into the choreography world. She is just so talented and just knows those score sheets from judging with USA. And just you can just see the teacher in her, this, the constant learner, always figuring out the score sheets. She is one of the best I've ever seen at finding the little points on a score sheet. She just has an ability to get a team not only through a range, but then into the next range. And it's just, it, it was it was showcased firsthand at State when Thurston, who hadn't been scoring well at local competitions, not only won State, but really it wasn't like they won it by a razor-thin margin like some of the other divisions. I mean, they they did so well that day. And so hats off to Coach Robin, hats off to that Thurston team. You know, I said earlier some of the teams like Ridgeview and the Dows, you know, really had magical days at State 2019, and and, and that is 
So true. But another team that I want to add to that mix has to be Lakeridge. I mean, Coach Christine did an amazing job with this group. I started seeing that ability for this group to be special at the end of last season. I could see that they ended last season on such a high note. You could see the, the just the blueprints and the writing on the wall that this was going to be a team going forward. And this is before they ever decided to go co-ed. But that foundation was laid that Lake Ridge was going to be a truly just special team. And it was a magical season for Lake Ridge. I mean, I remember... I've seen some really talented individuals come through Lake Ridge in the past. I remember, I mean, I think off the top of my head, Wesley Walls, if I remember right, she was a super talented individual. And they've had several of those in types of individuals that have come through. But as top to bottom as a team, this has to be her most talented group and gifted group that she's ever had. I mean, great coaching, then plus great athletes, uh, plus just a love to be around each other, which is what Lake Ridge had. I mean, that's a recipe for a successful season. I mean, from that opening of the cheer, you know, that was just so intense and so in your face um, through that amazing dance section. I mean, this really was a routine for the ages for Lake Ridge. And I'm excited to see them stay in the co-ed division. I mean, once you, you, you get in a division that first year, and a lot of times it's all about feeling it out. And then that second year, that third year, once you really know the division and you know your competitors, you start to see some of those teams take that next step because they know what it takes to win a particular division. And that's really what I'm looking at. And I and I saw them taking those steps all the way back when I saw them in uh, January at the USA Workshop. You, you can just see that Lake Ridge is one of those teams that is trending upwards. And um, next year, I am super excited to see where it goes from here. And, you know, there's some of those divisions at state this year that, you know, I was able to predict pretty closely, right? You, you knew there were one or two main contenders, you know, and then there were some other really solid teams. But I'll tell you what, that large code division, I wrote down all of my predictions on paper. I must have written my predictions for the large code division at least five times. I mean, at least five times I thought that it was going to be Mack High winning or maybe it was going to be Lake Ridge winning. At one time I thought for sure it was going to be Twalton winning. And, you know, I, I thought in the right situation Thurston might be able to win. And, and that just, it's a tribute to how good that division was. Um, it's it's well documented in the OSWA write-ups and, you know, in just earlier cheer casts that I thought this division was, you know, just a really tough competitive division. I mean, Mack High, they were so good all year, even through USA Nationals. I mean, they just looked solid as heck. I mean, what you expect from a Mack High team to just constantly get better each competition. Um, you know, and then I found out the week of state that um, Brendan from Twalton was going to be back in. And even if it was just going to be in a little capacity, uh, like a limited capacity, I was like, that could change everything, honestly. I mean, there's few athletes that you could really say that about across the state, right? Cheer is one of those truly team sports. But you know if you have the Stallheim sisters on your team, you have an advantage, right? You know if you have Aaron Watanabe from Newport, like you just you have an advantage. Cameron from David Douglas, I mean those are all stars, right? Those are those are individuals that can help take your team to that next level. And I would have to definitely say that about uh, Brendan Riddle from Twalton. I mean, she's a star. And she's not just a star now. I, she's a game changer, I think. And she is one of those, like, next-level stars. That's how talented I think she is. And so you just knew that getting her back, if nothing else, I mean, her skills are so amazing. And I know she's been limited with an injury. But 
just that boost, that morale boost to get somebody like that back on your team, you know that had to have a positive effect with Tualatin. Um, but that large quad division was just so tough. And I, I could have seen any situation where any one of those top four teams easily won it. And that's that's what I talked about in you know my pre-state uh, cheer cast. And, and that's ultimately how it played out, you know. That whole large co-ed division, just amazing. And I didn't even get a chance to talk about North Medford. I mean, we see you down there, North Medford, and we see the great things you guys are doing. You're another team that tends to fly under the radar, um, and we don't give you nearly enough credit down there, North Medford. You know, I, I wish I could talk more about Kennedy and that inspiring performance that she'd had at State and really the week before on a on really what you would call a bum arm. I mean, at one point I saw her doing back handsprings, one-armed back handsprings, because her arm, like, what, when it even, she couldn't even lift it above her shoulders, right? What an inspiring performance, you know, that was. That just gritty performance you know great job to everybody in that large co-ed division so many just fun teams and it was neat that they were able to separate it although you know you never know year to year that large co-ed division and small co-ed division could end up being one but it was like i said earlier it was a perfect amount of divisions this year that added enough drama and intrigue to all the divisions really good job across the board all right, that's that's it for our recap. But I do want to get to that last email real quick. I am pushing the limit on time, but that I, that part one that I talked about last time in the email, I do want to make sure I get to part two before we check out today. All right, if you remember in the last cheercast, I had a question about how do you know when it's time to stop coaching if you haven't listened to that yet i don't i don't really want to rehash that but if you haven't listened to that yet i highly advise you go back and listen uh to part a and listen to that because i think it's really good and i think it's something that all of us think about at the end of every season how much more coaching do i left in me can i do another year can i do three more years right so listen to that but even if you have it the second part i think will uh, speak to a lot of coaches Um, And the question was, it was from Coach Jay as well. It was a part two of this question. And it was, what are your best recommendations for staying involved after you do step away from coaching? Is there anything you would advise to do or not to do once you stop coaching? And this is such a great question. Because while I'm a long ways from true retirement, I recently read this article. And it said in the article that the number one killer of old people is retirement right? And it was a, it was meant in, 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 in like in jest, but the the idea of the article was that oftentimes people, when they stop doing what they know, and in many cases doing what they love, they have a hard time finding a purpose. I mean, you can only play golf, you know, so many times a week, right? You can only you know go to the movie theater so many times a week, right? But if you take that now and apply that same principle to coaching. You can see where a lot of coaches maybe get back into the game after taking some time off. Or uh, what happens is they take some time off and they're just missing it and they're just feeling really lost because of all the great relationships that they had. So oftentimes, going back to those relationships, I think that is what people miss the most, right? It's, it's that idea of being busy every day with the same group of athletes between 3.30 and 6 p.m. And... The advice that 
I really want to give is that your relationships are going to be different, right? There's just, there is no duplicating those types of relationships because when you've been in the trenches with a group for what, 10, 11 months, and you do that for multiple years, you build just such a relationship, especially with those athletes that come through your program and were with you for four years, or some of you have coached at the uh, the middle school level and then at the high school level, you've known some of these athletes for five, six, seven years, there's just no replacing those types of relationships. But that's okay because you're going to have different types of relationships and you're going to find a different type of purpose. Now, my first year stepping away from Thurston, I went to practice like once a week or so. I would usually help with like stunting or tumbling. And it was great because the athletes knew me. I had a good relationship. In fact, for the first time in my career, I really got to truly be the fun coach, right? Because I got to show up and I just... I didn't have to worry about fundraising. I didn't have to worry about angry parents. I just got to show up, and it was really fun. you know. And every year after that, I tried to scale back a little bit more. And I remember the third year, I was only coming maybe once in a blue moon, and I was still at stuff because obviously I was taking pictures and I was helping on that capacity. But really in terms of hands-on coaching, I was pretty hands-off. And I remember Coach Robin asked if I could come to a practice partway through the season to help with baskets. And I showed up, and I remember some of the athletes who I had never coached before at this point. And they, I started coaching, and they looked at me like, who is this guy? And I would give them some pointers, and you could tell, like, just the look in their eyes was like, aren't you the camera guy, <laughs> right? And it, it was a good testament to, like, how quickly things can change, right? And, you know, at first I was a little hurt that, you know, that I what I used to say was almost like the word of God when I coached the kids, right? And if I said to do something, they by golly, they did it, right? Because they obviously knew what I was capable of and they knew where I was coming from as a coach, right? And by year three, they literally were like, aren't you the camera guy? Why are you helping us with baskets? And for me, I found my niche in social media, and I found my niche in I still get my fix in relationships, obviously, because I teach. But for some people, maybe finding your niche after coaching, maybe it's going to be getting on the OCC board. Maybe it's going to be becoming a judge, right? There's a lot of different ways if it's cheer-related. Uh, there's lots of different ways to still get that type of fix and still be involved. But the reality is it's going to be different, and that's okay. I do see, though, sometimes coaches get back in, and maybe they shouldn't, but it's because they're missing coaching, they're missing those relationships, and they're feeling lost. You know, one of the reasons why I have wavered back and forth whether or not to go back to get my admin license or not is because I love those day-to-day -day interactions, and you just you just can't replace it. But that is okay because you're going to create different relationships. You're going to find a different purpose. Ultimately, I mean, you look back at a, at, a, at, a, at a career, at your time within a program, and I don't even think about the championships anymore. What I think about is I think about the kids that I had as a freshman and how much I saw them grow from their freshman year through their senior year. And now that same athlete is 26 years old and they're getting married and they just sent me a save the date to their, you know, uh, to their wedding this summer. That That's ultimately what coaching is all about, is building those long-term relationships and while you can still create some different types of relationships, it's just not the same when, you, when you're not seeing those athletes for two and a half hours every day. My biggest advice, though, that I have to give regarding post-coaching is don't overcommit. That is the number one mistake I see so many people make, the number one mistake that I made personally once I got done coaching. You see, you step down as a coach, and all of a sudden you have all this free time. 
you have four or five days a week that were, you know you were at the school for two three hours a Friday night that all of a sudden you don't have to go to the football game. And one of the greatest things for me about not coaching now is I can go to the football game and take pictures. And if I have Mason with me and he's getting tired, I get to leave at halftime. Amazing, right? So you're able to fill that void in different capacities. But the number one pitfall that I see a lot of people uh, fall into is overcommitting. And what I mean by that is you have all this free time, and now instead of doing one big thing, which is coaching, now you're able to do 10 little things, right? And you're like, sure, I can help out with this around my kid's school, or maybe I can help out with this with our middle school cheer program, right? Or maybe I can pick this up at our church. And if you're not careful before you know it, you're just as busy as you were when you were coaching, only now you have like 20 things on your plate instead of just one big one. And in fact, you're probably more stressed because your head's constantly spinning. At least when I was head coaching, I knew every day after school, I was in that upper gym at Thurston High School between 3.30 and 6 p.m. That first year out, suddenly I'm like, am I at the church today? Or am I at the middle school program this day? Or was I helping out with this with the Mr. THS pageant? And my head was constantly spinning, and I felt like I was in a worse place. Uh, And then my relationships certainly weren't good because I was doing 10 different things. And so how well of relationships are you building when I'm doing 10 different things and it's hard to really build those substantial relationships. So you're never going to replace those types of relationships that you have when you're coaching, but you can fill the void with some pretty awesome things as long as you limit what you do. Um, That way you're able to do those really well. There's an old saying, when you choose one thing, you unchoose something else. You can't do 20 things well. You can do two or three things well. And that would be my advice for those that are looking to get out of coaching. Start thinking now, if I'm not going to coach, what am I going to do? Because if you don't have a solid plan, that's when you start picking up little things. And before you know it, you've got 10 things on your plate and you're busier than you ever were. Only now you're even more stressed. I hope that helped. I hope uh, I hope coaches are able to coach as long as they feel like they're making a difference and as long as they're able to maintain their own self-care and relationships with their family members and friends, right? I mean, our state is really blessed to have so many amazing and dedicated coaches, but don't forget to take care of yourself. Um, and when you're able to invest 100% into a program, there are some truly magical things going on in our state and some amazing differences we're making in the lives of young adults. So I really am proud to be part of a great association and a great sport for that. Take care, everyone. That wraps up this edition of the Cheercast. We went a little long, but I think it was totally worth it. Don't forget to get those ballots in on March 25th. If I don't talk to you before conference, I've thought about maybe doing a uh, pre-conference edition of the Cheercast. We'll see if we do that. Uh, Trying to line some people up. I don't really like the idea of talking by myself all the time. I kind of get bored of hearing my own voice. Um, So I'm trying to line up some interviews. If that doesn't happen, I'll definitely see everybody at conference. And I know I definitely have some post-conference editions of the Cheercast that I want to get out because there are some things regarding the off-season that I want to talk about. So take care. Don't forget to go get those ballots in, and we'll see you soon. The Cheercast with Coach James Underwood online at OCCA.net and on Twitter at ORCheerCoaches.